Hey, Ron, mute your um, audio and Zoom. All right, mate, give me two seconds. Perfect. Can you hear me? Am I coming through loud and clear? Mate, you are coming through lovely. Can you hear me? Yeah, all good, mate. can't believe it. I just dropped my phone. Twice. No. That's twice in the last few days. So I went to, um, well, the other day, actually, I balanced it on top of my fridge. But I balanced it. So it was half on the sort of door that would open and half on, like, the main bit of the fridge. And I knew yeah. I'd done that. And I thought, oh, that's precarious. And then I sort of, you know, potted around. Then I went and opened the fridge door for something. And boom, my phone dropped. And it was like a, it wasn't like decimated, it was like a crack across the bottom corner. So I was like, well, I was a bit pissed off. I was like, oh, okay. Went and got a screen cover. And now this morning I went to get some coffee. It was holding my phone. It just slipped out my hand and the back's all smashed. Oh, man. I was like, oh, no, is it still working? Like, is the microphone working? I was thinking, oh, God, be pod- podcast down, man. <laughs> It's like the old one when you try and test if your phone's waterproof and you jump in the pool and realise it's not. <laughs> I know, I was convinced these new iPhones were like water, well, pretty water resistant. And then I found out, you know, on my travels once I was in a monsoon in Vietnam that it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, I am. Um, I'm glad. I, I found this little Hawaii when I was leaving New Zealand and uh, it was like the equivalent of £150. And they're they're indestructible, touch with. Oh, seriously? Yeah, um, I, I, don't, I don't know what it is. But I got I got them when the New Zealand was trying to ban them because of there was something about Hawaii. So I was like, yes, I will have the very cheapest phone. Yeah, so, it's great, mate. So they they sort of have everything on, don't they? For uh, you know. They kind of like your bank, your, all your personal details, that like everything of importance now is pretty much like wrapped up in these uh, you know, little digital devices. So, Adam Towler, welcome to Good Talk. Um, so, this is my friend Adam Towler, who I met uh, on travels last year. So, we'll talk about a bit about that. Um, and yeah, so we've done, so you're one of, three people basically when i was thinking about an idea of like podcast or whatever it will happen pretty quickly but you yourself my friend david blake who i recorded the first podcast with uh, two days ago and uh my friend nathan all three of you like really stood out like when i was thinking oh like these are the people that i want to have a chat to and just like yeah just kind of like talk about some of our experiences i know we're all very like sort of have sort of our own little world views and things so i just thought it'd be good to have a chat really yeah definitely come a little bit closer to the i don't know if my speaker is actually a bit buggered now but can you hear me now yeah yeah that's good that's good how did the first one go yeah it was all right you know it was good it was i was trying not to put too much pressure you know didn't put too much planning into it i kind of had a thought we kind of just you know had a very he sort of said to me oh what's the topic and i was like well there's no topic really just uh let's just chat and see where it goes to really obviously the you know the current climate is probably going to influence the conversation and stuff but uh yeah i think having like met you in it's quite interesting which i'm going to sort of ask you about like our relationship because we haven't known each other you know for a long time at all like our impact on each other was pretty like quick we met in the philippines i mean you tell tell me a little bit about like your side yeah mate so i think the first thing i was pretty interested was what we met like you say when we messaged we met what had a quick conversation about surf um then we saw each other out surfing and then instead of just Mincing about, I think we went and grabbed some. Uh, I think I jumped on the back of your bike and we went and grabbed some uh, some crepes, some lovely pancakes. And Mate, uh, that's, that's shop, isn't it? So this is this is um, we're in the Philippines basically at this point. Uh, this art island called. Uh, I always sort of get funny out 
pronounce it. When I was there, I was like, how do you say this name? Siagos. And everyone's like, no, it's Chargal. Yeah, yeah I, 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 it's, it took me years to learn how to spell it after I'd been there, to be honest. I know, I'm so. still writing it now. And every time I go back, I was like, is it A I? Is it S I A R G O A? Is that it? I think that's yeah, it. Yeah, I said Chargal. Um, Chargal. It's. Um... But yeah, so we were there in Shigal, um, and it was it was Christmas. But the worst thing was the weather. It wasn't exactly the idyllic um, beach scenario all the time. But I think it was uh, the day we had a really good day was Christmas Day, and the weather really came out, didn't it? It was. I remember Christmas Day just roasting. Um, we went out about was it ten in the morning? We went out because we had a big had a big Chris, Christmas Eve. Yeah, so we met at. Did we meet on Christmas? Eve. so christmas eve day basically so it's such a sort of short time but it feels like there's so much like that went into that you know little bit of time so i think i landed in Chargao and that must have been christmas eve and straight away so it's, a, it's like a renowned surf spot surf island isn't it and uh, yeah. it's funny when you arrive there because like literally everyone is on their mopeds like whizzing around with these kind of surfboard holders <laughs> and you slot your surfboard in. And the thing is, like, I I love riding mopeds and stuff. Like, I tend to, whenever I've like, been away, I tend to, like, hire one or whatever. But I'm not, like, an expert, like, bike rider or anything. So when you get one of these and then you've got this extra attachment, it's so easy as you're sort of going past people to kind of forget it's there. Yeah. Or, or like, coming towards, on you know, oncoming traffic and then literally get, like, wiped out. Uh <clears throat> Yeah, it's got to be pretty careful with those. Yeah, it's um, no. I, to be honest, that that trip I did, I didn't hire a moped, and then ever as soon as I left, I was like, I, not only do I need to to learn to get one, I have to get one. And I think I got home literally the day after. Um, I'd already um, I'd already like booked a viewing to get a moped, and um, I was, was this when you, when you went back to New Zealand, yeah. Yeah, so I think I. So I, I carried on to another few islands afterwards, but um, yeah, after that, I was like, "There's no way I can't have one of these." They they were amazing. Um, but yeah, going back to when we were in Shargao, mate, I, I think there was a, I think we had a really good night on um, Christmas Eve. But I think it was the reason I kept taking around with me, mate, was probably your energy. Um, it was like a, a mix between like experience of life, but um, just, <laughs> but then there was just this energy for more. It was like a. It was like all of it wrapped up into one package, mate. So it was just a first for knowledge. You just wanted to try absolutely everything. Um, I remember that day where we just cruised about just swinging off um, into that very muddy river. Looking back now, it's probably um, boosted our immune system, I think. I don't, mate, I was thinking exactly the same thing. I actually sort of had a quick scan through the photos this morning, see what ones I had. Um, and it was the same. Like I had a couple of pictures of the, uh, so the hostel, uh, I was at, Avocado. Avocado, wasn't it? Hospital. Yeah. And uh, so I had a few pictures of all, like, the staff and stuff, like, there doing their Christmas show. And then skip forward to Christmas Day. Um, and what I'd sort of forgot, actually, on Christmas Day, so there's a few things. Like, we sort of, uh, we had a nice little kind of lunch. Oh, no, that's it. We missed, the, we missed the Christmas meal, didn't we, with the hostel Christmas meal? Because we were all on the beach and, like... Yeah. Oh god, it was so nice in that sort of like shallow waters, boiling hot, and everyone was like, "Oh, we're going to go back for food," and we were kind of like sitting there, going, "Oh no, actually, just chatting, weren't we? Just chatting, yeah, and yeah, just soaking up. It's so good." Um, but then, yeah, that night I saw we went across to the other side of the island, and there was that small, like, just sort of like deserted section with all the palm trees, and it was so peaceful. And I remember yeah. I was just like, we were laying there, we? we just fell asleep for like, I don't know, 45 minutes or something like that. Uh, yeah, because there was, there, was, was the, there, no, um, there was no tourists. It was all locals all having their own little Christmas, um, a, a random little dirt path. And like you say, mate, I remember just, obviously we had a big night, but I woke up from that sleep and I just was, it, I was just energised, mate. It was, I think we must have covered a long part of the island because... Um, we ended up going to another. Was it? Did we go to the beach the the day afterwards, where we um, where we did all the activities? 
So the day afterwards was yeah when we did that ride and we basically got went to the um that bent palm tree that sort of right. so you get all those instructions that you like everyone's like oh yeah so you ride here you know north this way follow this road and basically you'll reach like a red metal bridge and then you want to park up like walk down and then walk along the river and then you'll find this bent you know the famous bent palm tree that everyone's like swinging off of. Because before I remember, I looked on Instagram and seen these amazing like images of that palm tree. Uh, but actually, oh. like even in real life, it's still as cool like that location. And then all all the little kids was so brave. This is the thing I remember: just how scared I was <laughs> trying to like shimmy up that wet palm tree. Like they, someone had obviously got a machete and they dug in all those little like footholds and handholds. Yeah. But they weren't really designed for, you know, anyone bigger than like four and a half foot. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I remember just thinking, hang on a minute. I am, I'm not as fleet as foot as I should be. And I just looked at these guys <laughs> climbing up. And there was one point where I almost looked like was stuck. And all I had to do is just stand up a bit taller. And I was like, I can't not reach this thing. And once you got up, it was fine. But I think even, what... Even that bit of it from stretching, from bent legs to just like stretching them so they're straight seemed like a massive feat, even though it was like, you know, barely anything. Do you know what I mean? Just so you can reach that rope. Yeah. I think that was the... I think everyone had the same plan because I think on the day we bumped into about another four people from the hostel at the palm tree, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the thing. Everyone sort of does. You, you find that on like little bits of travelling. Everyone's kind of doing the rounds. Like doing yeah similar things, crossing paths. I yeah. mean, on that whole trip, so Chicago was like the kind of second to last um, spot. So I, I'd flown in. So I'd done initially. I'd done Vietnam. Yeah, I know you probably know some of this. So Vietnam, I flew into Hanoi, uh, the north, which was like incredible. Still one of my favorite places, I think. So covered you know, pretty much north to south of Vietnam. There's, again, there was so much rain that it kind of expedited my trip a little bit. But, um, yeah, flew into Philippines. Again, did the north in the mountains of, like, Banaue, I think it's called. Uh, went up into the right field, you know, terraces there. And then come down and then that's when, so I came out to Cebu, which was like the central base, I guess, where I started flying out some of the islands. But um, yeah, arriving, arriving there. So just so varied, isn't it really? Oh, it's so good. I'm glad you talked about Vietnam. Like, I, um, I actually love Vietnam. I did that, I think last year I did Vietnam. And although it's so coveted, although everyone seems to have traveled it, how how many people have been there it's still your experience um i think i think i did it in 12 days um i'd, I'd left the visa a bit late so i only had the uh, 12 i think it's 15 days you get okay yeah yeah so um to be honest it's a really cool thing to do because you just attacked everywhere you went you'd arrive um i got all the i got the night buses a lot of places and then yeah. when i could i got the uh, the mopeds and then um yeah, it was. It's an unbelievable. Did you do that easy rider thing? No, I, I I got one ourselves. So me and this German guy just ordered it at the same time, and um, his bike was hilarious. As soon as he got past eighty k, it just made this crack. So it was really <laughs> cheap petrol that they had. Uh, at the start, he thought I was going really slow, but it was because I was trying to navigate, and my phone had slipped in my hand, and I'm trying to juggle my hand like crossing a um, a road on the bike. So. Uh, yeah, no, we um we took I think I think it was eight hours we did from the High Van Pass and um yeah I was gonna say is that the is that the route you took it's absolutely yeah. beautiful oh my god so I, we met another couple of Germans and they were really really lovely but they'd met someone who told them a better path because none okay. of them international licenses so they just said look if you go this way you're not gonna see anyone it's gonna take another two hours longer but you're gonna see the real side of it yeah and we pulled up to a restaurant and they wouldn't even serve us food they there was no English between them. Like we had to literally point to ask for ask for some drinks, and then the locals walked in. They just just got served straight away. So obviously, it wasn't a very common path to see um, travelers. So it's really cool. Yeah, that's the thing. I think it is easy to sort of uh, stray off and kind of find something a bit more, you know, 
unique and kind of out there if you you know if you've got the time and kind of brave enough i guess but um yeah I'd, i i did the sort of easy rider but riding pillion so i i had this driver so where i was staying uh the woman that run the hotel said oh you know i've got friends he'll take you you know down so i did from uh uh Huey, it was called down yeah. to da nang so similar it was like an eight about an eight hour day like bike rides oh man this guy was amazing though he was just like similar he was just saying oh you know i'm going to take you like where other people have gone show you like sort of some of the back roads and all that it was just the most amazing like experience just to hang in there once you got over the sort of like initial because i don't mind riding the bikes but kind of sitting on the back and not having that control you're a little bit like you know at the mercy so you kind of like once you relax into it it's like oh it's wicked going yeah. over all the mountains and stuff uh, you know over the pass uh yeah it was wicked but yeah weather was horrific man it was just like pissing down for hours really but while you were riding say that again while you were driving it was raining yeah 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 we stopped it's funny we stopped and uh he got me like a poncho i was like oh you know put this on and then we stopped this little cafe and literally there was like a wedding photo shoot <laughs> on the, the most inaccessible kind of sort of point, like halfway up a sort of mountainous hill. But obviously looking over, it had views of like, you know, amazing views. But seriously, they were I could just see the bride being like hoiked up. You know, oh, it was absolutely yeah. looked like a disaster. But uh, oh God, it's funny to watch. But just, yeah, all, all that stuff I love about... Uh, traveling i was sort of thinking about it the other day like just always things like what is it that makes like once you sort of allow yourself and you kind of like you know go into that experience to kind of open up differently do you know what i mean and sort of explore things in a new way kind of sides of your own personality uh sort of let out that maybe aren't there as much in a day-to-day do you know what i mean i'm almost addicted to it i am um, I- there's nothing I like more than going to a new city, like even if it's going to live there for a year or it's going to travel because there's like certain tick boxes you need to get first of all. First of all, like if you haven't booked it already, you need to get your hostel. Then you need to find your little routine. If you're there for three or four days, you need to find your coffee shops. And it's it's not like it's I have to find it. I'm, you know you're going to find it. So it's almost like it's a bit carefree. You just seem to walk about and – I don't know about you, but you just trust your instinct. Someone might say to go somewhere, but you might just look somewhere and say, do you know what? That looks good for a coffee. And then someone might sit next to you who may never have sat next to you before. And the facade of having to be polite is gone and everyone wants to tell you about a story. They hear an accent. They might relate to you or they might just want to be really friendly. And um, yeah, it's almost (laughs) like we're living in this uh, utopian society where everyone just wants to... To, to be themselves and I think I think that conformity goes and everyone just becomes comfortable and like you say their real self seems to come out they they want to chat to new people or they want to try new things and suddenly what they thought was their their way of living is completely um, unmasked it is though it's fascinating like just from myself like things sometimes you know like just, if I went to a cafe here I wouldn't necessarily be like you know open to meeting people do you know what I mean Obviously, like, if something happened, you'd chat or be polite, whatever. But it's like you're having a different agenda, do you know what I mean? When you're there, like, you go and sit in the, I don't know, the cafe, the hostel, whatever. And you're much more motivated to be like, you know, hey, how you doing? What are you up to? You know, like, engage and make, form, like, new kind of little partnerships and friendships and stuff. Um, but it's just how the knock-on effects just... You know, just that kind of serendipitous feel. You're like, oh my god! Like, if I didn't, you know, do this or kind of backed away, then I would never have like experienced this. It's and I awesome. felt like, yeah, the more like you are willing to kind of put yourself out, the more you get, the more you sort of get back. Do you know what I mean? I think you've nailed it on the head. I remember years ago, I, I, like it's like when you first started going out, and there'd be a group of people that you that everyone wanted to go and speak to. And then they spend the most of the night not speaking to them. And, I'm, and you're like, if you want to go over and say hello to someone, do it. And I, I, I just think it opens up the doors. But also going back to one point you said, it's if we sit in a coffee shop over here, obviously not now because we're in lockdown, but 
you've got people who are, aren't really enjoying the coffee. They're sitting there half the time. It's a coffee just to, to get their energy up. But over there, you've, you've got something to speak about, but also it's just taking a breath, taking a, a bit of the time of the day to actually just enjoy the coffee. Like you can taste the drink, you can see the surroundings. And that's another thing. You spend a lot more time where you actually are instead of worrying where it's next. Um, I think in the Philippines, I've, I've been there twice now, and there's times where I've not even picked up my phone for five days, and I've been stuck on a on a desert or on a, on a beach island, and I'm like, I could probably spend a month here. I don't even know what day it is, and uh, it's. Well, that's that's the thing that we're like, we don't, you know, maybe some people do, but less opportunity to, you know, it's cliche and it to kind of disconnect from devices and stuff, because it's. The better the thing, the way you feel and the benefit from doing it is like massive. It's almost like a part of your brain gets less busy. Do you know what I mean? Once you kind of allow yourself to like switch off, literally switch off your phone, switch off, you know, checking things, emails, surfing online, whatever. Uh, yes, because all our information, even the thing I hate as well is having to like look at maps and things abroad. You know, when you do want to disconnect, but you still actually sometimes it's helpful to get around, isn't it? Like when you're like, yeah. Google Maps, where am I going? But the benefits, like you say, of being on, you know, having an island and being forced to do that must feel good. It's, it's good for it. Like, I, I think the, the last time I went, I everywhere I went, I bought a SIM card and it, to be fair, it was amazing. And it wasn't, I used the so, social media differently there because it's almost, that's just the way you're going to catch up. Um, you want to find out what's going on the day and it's not like you're just going to arrange to meet someone. Most people just say, listen, we'll be around here today. And you just drop a message from there. That was, the, that was a good thing. But yeah, I just think when you've got your chance, you're so receptive to what, what everyone else is doing. And um, like you say, you're not, it's not your, uh, it's like your comfort blanket, isn't it? Whereas when you arrive somewhere new, if you're holding on to that, no one's going to come over and say hello. Whereas if you put it down and, like you say, just smile. I think I just remember. You, I think the first thing you said to me was "what?" <laughs> Probably sounds about right. And I was like, "Yeah, I'm right." Then we see we see each other in the beach, and then came back to that surf shop. Is that right? I think I think it was the surf shop, and then uh, no, no, it was the hostel. We saw each other first, oh, okay. and then I saw you at the beach. Then we had a, then we had a breakfast together. I think. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny, isn't it? It's just like so expedited, like. I think I was in, Shargao was the place I was longest in Philippines. And I think I was there for like six days, maybe uh, five, six days, pretty much all over Christmas period. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's amazing now, like Expedia. Because you didn't, you leave on Boxing Day. Or was it the day after, day after Boxing Day, didn't you? I think it was the yeah, uh, day after Boxing Day. Because um, always with Philippines, and I, I've done this, I've not, I've still not been able to get to Koron because of um, bad weather. And, uh, that, that place, man. I had something about that place I absolutely loved. I don't, I'm not exactly sure what it was because on the face of it, you know, it wasn't particularly, you know, different, but just something about like, I don't know, the locals, the feel of it, like little buzz of the town. Yeah. Um, stayed in this amazing, like, I call it hostel. It was Hop Hostel. Oh, yeah. And uh, it was, yeah, it's more like, like this little boutique hotel thing but i was like bloody hell man it was so cool really like and this thing i was going to say like about everyone crisscrossing paths i met the same girl four times like across the philippines really yeah it was insane and three of those were all the hostels so hop hostel avocado hostel and uh palawan uh, which is all around the west so yeah three times we bumped into each other like over a, you know the period of the month and I was like, oh, small, small world, man. It's so mad. I am. Um, I bumped. I can't into remember her name though. We saw each other a few times. Did you get past the point where you you almost just call each other you or mate, and then by the time it's gone past there, you're like, oh, it's too rude now. To <laughs> Pardon me. Yeah, uh, yeah. I know. I know what you mean. You try. You know, try and remember names and stuff. I am. Um, I was in Bali and I uh, I was dancing in this in this pool and um, <laughs> the guy stops down 
the pool, at the end of the pool and starts pointing at me. And yeah. then I turn around, and it was a guy that I'd met in uh, the Philippines, um, um, monkey. And he was like, "There's only one guy walking around Bali smugglers with long hair in, in Bali, and that's gonna be you." And uh, I was like, "In all the places, like this was a huge pool party. How how does, how do you jump into someone that you know already? Like it's it's mad. I think it was I think it was eight months apart as well that we'd seen each other." Yeah. To be fair, like, yeah, you do stand out. You've got a pretty, like, strong game with your beard and your hair, mate. Do you know what I mean? I thought I was doing all right when I arrived. But, um... Yes, please, mate. I'd love one. Oh, a cup of tea? Nice. Nice coffee, mate. Nice espresso. I'll do it, yeah, man. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> who's your, who's your, who are you with now? Uh, it's my flatmate, Craig. Hello, Craig. Welcome to the Good Talk podcast. <laughs> so it's great. Like, literally, in the last few days, like, I've been thinking about with this time off because it's after the news last night, sort of saying about theatres uh, not going back until, you know, potentially next year. Really? <laughs> yeah, it's great. Obviously, like, I run Good Coffee, but also my job as well before this is working in the theatre so uh, I've been put you know on a kind of furlough you know away from that job so I've just been concentrating on good coffee at the moment which has been great you know for the business being able to focus on that um, but now knowing there's this sort of like long period of time I started to get a bit like oh I could go try you know I could go and visit somewhere especially if like some of these restrictions get lifted. I was thinking, oh, maybe just head off to, you know, to Bali or something. Just, uh, it feels like it's cool in Bali, to be honest with you, mate. Yeah, I, I, I'd been there seven years before, and it was the first time I'd stepped out of um, on my proper travels. I think I was, um, I think I'd just turned 20, and uh, it was completely different to, to what it was now. Like, it was really commercial, but still, it was just a good place. Um, like you got your mix. There was obviously some people that um, are on there on different adventures there. You got your surfers, you got your yogis, or just some people just travelling through. But infrastructure, the setup, um, mate, it's, you, you could sit there and run a business from there, and so many people do. Uh, so many little working cafes or actually working facilities. There's like um, hotels that have a full healthcare package, like you'll have a gym, there's the pool, surf lessons, uh, a work. So, did you haven't you just done your um, Pilates? Have you been studying Pilates? Did you do that over in Bali? Yeah, I did it in Bali. Now I didn't finish it. I was supposed to actually be back in Bali in April, finishing my course off. Um, But to be honest, it was the best place to learn because one, I realised that the English accent or the way I speak is not actually that clear to someone who doesn't speak English originally. Mm. Um. So I realised I had to speak a bit slower uh, over there. Um, but yeah, it was good because we had, there was myself, there was an American girl learning, there was an Irish girl learning, an Australian girl learning, and two Malaysian girls. Okay. Um, and I spent a month there, and the hostel I stayed in was in Ubud. And, uh, mate, it had double beds. It had a full facility to study. Uh, it, was, it was like being a uni student and getting a tan. What's um, Ubud like? I didn't... I didn't make it there. I was um, south in uh, uh, Noosa Dua, I think it's called. Um, is it Noosa Dua? Have I made that up? Noosa Bonita, isn't it? Yeah, on the southern tip where it sort of separates when you Jambalayan Bay. Is that what it's called? That big sweeping bay near the airport where you can go for those amazing like seafood restaurants. Had you been there? Unbelievable. Uh, but I, I've, all, all I've heard is just the stories I've heard, man, has just been unbelievable. Like I, I, I didn't get. I'd like to go back to Bali again. I've got. I'm going back to Bali in June for a wedding. Uh, hopefully, it's on. And um, it's one of those places you could probably go ten times, and you can go as I did and study, or you can go in three or four days and do all the islands. I'd already done the Gili Islands, and I wasn't not. I wasn't impressed with them, but they were all in disrepair seven years ago. So yeah. I didn't want to see how much tourism had um, destroyed them again. 
So. Yeah, see, I, I went there. Obviously, there was the recent earthquake. What was it like two years ago now? The most yeah. recent ones. Um, I went before, like maybe like a couple of years before that, I guess, to the Gilly Islands. I mean, I, I loved them. I went to Gilly Air and Gilly Menno, which are the two smaller. Yeah, I went to Gilly Air for a day. Yeah, islands. And God, just the notion you go there, there's no cars, like it's horse and cart. Is yeah. that that picks you picks you up from uh, you know where the boat drops you off, and then you get around the island on bikes. You know the place we're staying, you could just provide with a couple of like you know basic bikes. So you kind of hurtling around. You can ride round. I think uh, Gilly Menno's the smallest one, right? You can ride round it in maybe about like forty minutes or something. I think from yeah. right. Um, and yeah, I remember Dave, David Hassoff was going round. David Hasselhoff had started building a, uh, or his name at least was kind of tagged onto this new block of luxury apartments sort of, uh, on one side of the island, which is kind of comedy, thinking the Hoff out there, continuing his empire. Um, but yeah, I don't know if the, if the earthquakes uh, put paid to that or set that back much, but yeah, really it's affected them bad, isn't it? Yeah, it was the same as um. So I went to Boracay. So I went, I went to Philippines um the first uh, the year before I met you, and I was supposed to do a lot more travel. But again, as much as it's a great time to go at Christmas, flights and boats always get delayed because of uh, storms or hurricanes or anything like that. Um, it was the same when I was there with you. Uh, the we were, the storm almost followed me from Shigal all the way up to um to Palawan. Um, so I didn't do as much trips, but I went to Boracay and, uh, mate, what happened to Boracay was unbelievable. When we were there, it was almost on its last legs. It was a great place. Like I said there for two weeks, but it was just boatloads and boatloads and boatloads of tourists. And then I think a month after I was gone, they closed the island for about six months. I was going to say, when I heard about that, that was due shortly before I came. I was like, how's that even work? Like closed an island, do you know what I mean? And then I sort of obviously looked into it a bit, but... Just from the other side, they were piling up huge amounts of rubbish, wasn't it? And yeah, well, the inf- infrastructure could, couldn't handle it. Yeah, well, that, that, unfortunately, it's always the way. And I, I don't want to get all preachy, but it's 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 such short term gain. It's the same as uh, I always think about this in PP. <laughs> the whole point of the film The Beach was to protect PP, and then the complete opposite happened. And, um, both both islands just as soon as it as soon as it rains the infrastructure goes um, and it's just build on build on build and unfortunately um, people are just swamping there so mm-hmm. and why not because it's a beautiful place but because there's no control it um, it gets uh, it gets a lot of foot traffic is yeah I mean it's uh, you're totally right because obviously in effect you know, we're part of that problem do you know what I mean just one small part of the people visiting kind of add up to the great number of tourists, I guess, that visit some of these places. So, yeah, it's hard to kind of, you know, sort of put in yourself that experience against, you know, if you're ultimately doing bad, I guess, by kind of like, I guess, trying to chuck rubbish around and, you know, stuff like that. I don't know. Obviously, there's benefits of tourism, do you know what I mean? Well, I think the best way, I'm, I'd never blame anyone because let's, let's face it, it's a beautiful, idyllic place. Um, I think the way you can improve that is just education. But then yourself, for me, I, I want to do some more traveling, but maybe challenge myself this time instead of always getting an airplane somewhere. Maybe, again, it obviously depends if you're on a deadline or something, but use different forms of transport, um, like turn it into a trip instead of having to do four countries, maybe do one country but do it properly, maybe do it by motorbike, maybe do it by cycle. Mm. Uh, I'm not quite at a level where Ross Edgley was, where he swam around the UK, but... Um, Disappointed, didn't you, mate? Yeah, no, I'll, I'll try, mate, maybe next year. But... Aren't you, like, dipping yourself in the uh, Edinburgh Sea, like, four in the morning at the moment, like a nutcase? Well, you did You did on your birthday. Yeah, and I did it I did the other day. I climbed um, up a seat. Um, it's an extinct volcano um, at five in the morning. And uh, mate, it's Edinburgh is like a cool location. Like like I said to you, I, I um I just picked it because it had land and sea, and it was a city. 
But it was something about going in the water at that, that time. Like I was cycling back, and I'd already done 10 miles cycling, had a swim, and it was 6.30. And, uh, mate, the day was mine. I could have I could, I could carry on being awake, and I could have gone and read, or I could have slept a bit more, or I could have gone and trained again. And um, it, it's like a weird chemical that's released at that time because sometimes, you know, when you wake up and you're a bit, bit behind schedule, mm-hmm. And you're just rushing to do stuff. And you get to 12 o'clock at, at lunchtime and you're like, I've had no thoughts that about myself. It's all about what's going on in the news, um, rushing on someone else's agenda. Whereas if you get up at that time, there's almost like a, a calmness. Like there's no anxiety that you're going to have not done exercise that day. There's almost like a clear mind where you're going to work and like the, the whiteboard is clean and you can be like, right, I'm going to do this today and then I'm going to carry on. And um, yeah, it's just great for your sleep, and it and it also because because you did it, didn't you? You were waking up at five in the morning. Yeah, last... we were. To, yeah, exactly. We were chatting about this. It's funny, isn't it? We're, we're it seems to be like a you know nation of to do lists. Like I have to get shit done now, don't we? But yeah, um, yeah no, I I did uh, I said to you I did the five five a.m. for thirty days. Um, I was chatting to David about it as well. Like he, he did it alongside. So basically every day, we didn't really talk specifically, but we did a WhatsApp group, you know, and literally it would be like, wake up, just do a thumbs up at like 5 a.m. Just as a kind of like, you know, okay. I'm here, I'm doing it. You know, so that lasted between us for like 30 days, which was really good. And sometimes actually occasionally you'd forget and at like six or something, you'd get like a hello and i'm like oh no i have been up honestly i have been up since five i promise you but um yeah like you say it's uh it's like the quality that it gives you you know just maybe it's the early achievements that set you up for the day yeah. take some of the pressure off uh i think you're right on pressure like i used to feel like there was a time where I'd be in like a not not a depressive mood, but I'd be almost like between I've got loads of energy, but then I can't be bothered to do something. And then it's like a mix of like I'm anxious that I haven't worked out, or I'm anxious that I haven't done anything all day. But then I'm like my body clock's looking at the time, and I'm like, oh, I don't really want to do it. Whereas that seems to just be leveled out completely. And it's weird when you get up really early, you just seem to like your tick list. That's been done now. And what's next? What's next? Instead of like, oh, I've, I've achieved everything for today. It's almost like the first four rungs of the ladder have been climbed and, um, and you're ready for the next one. And... I, think, I, I think you're right about that little self cycle of kind of like, you know, sort of being hard on yourself, thinking I've got to do this. I'm running out of time. And then, you know, you don't do it. So you kind of punish yourself. You know what I mean? That little self cycle almost just stops you just getting on with stuff do you know what i mean but, yeah, um it's like the nervous energy of procrastination isn't it yeah yeah that's been yeah definitely definitely so um what you do now so you basically we met obviously over in wonderful southeast asia and then you went back to new zealand did your training and now you are you've been living in edinburgh for how long uh, i arrived here in october so um to be honest, mate, it was it was met, I think it was about the time I met you that I decided I, I wanted to make a bit of a change. Um, after New Year's Eve, I uh, I still had five days left in the Philippines. I didn't touch a beer, and I almost had this weird two days where I just was half awake, half asleep, and I, it was almost like a not that I've taken it yet, but I'd like to. It was like almost like an ayahuasca purge. I was just everything came out of me. Mm. And when I arrived back in New Zealand, I was like, listen, I've got a plan. I just want to get stuff done and just grow. And I'd already been reading a couple of books before I left, like I said about The Alchemist. And when I got home, I just plunged myself into like study, doing this, doing that. Um, June time, um, I went back, I went to South Africa on a family trip. Absolutely yeah. loved my, my favourite place. I forgot we and talked then, about that, Cape Town, wasn't it? You went to Yeah, so I travelled all around, but Cape Town was where I finished. And okay, yeah. I'm just looking at the calendar now, and it was about a year ago that I came back and left New, left New Zealand. Mm. Uh, I went to Australia. I went to Sri Lanka, which is something one of the most beautiful places. Uh, then I went to Vietnam, Bali, South Korea, Taiwan, and um, did my PT online course in um, Bali. 
and I did my Pilates course there. So I arrived in Edinburgh, and then on my second day in Edinburgh, I was uh, I was hired at KFit in Edinburgh, which is um, right. It's amazing. It's everything it says on the tin. I saw the brand, and I think I called I called up the um, the owner Pete. He's an ex Marine from Bali, and I said, look, I'm really keen to to catch up and work with you. Like the gym, like the marketing's unbelievable. Um, first of all, the word KFit, I was like, listen. I'm, I'm your caveman. I need to be here. So, <laughs> um, and yeah, just the society here. It's a, it's 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 like a it's like a neighbourhood, mate. Like I um I've done a few things. I've done a ch- two charity events, and everyone just buys into it. Like even if they don't know you, they they like the ideas. They like the energy. Um, mm. and it's definitely something. When any place I'm looking to live, having that sort of young sort of student town. Um. There's people that I think went to, to university here probably 30 years ago and they've never left. Um, and it's just, it's just energy. It's, it's, everyone's always wanting to learn. Uh, it's not a conversation where it's a doctor and it's like, I'm right, you're wrong. Um, yeah, it's, it's just been a really cool place. So been personal training for seven months. Um, five months into a business and having to change online was a, was a bit different, but it's, it's, been a, it's been a fun challenge, to be honest, mate. Because say you seem after what you're saying, you seem very adept to, you know, happily embrace kind of change and environment and you know, challenges and stuff like that. That's, I think that's it. Goes back to a little bit. Like I wonder what it is that connects people sometimes, and those instantaneous sort of uh, values and stories and things that all get transmitted in that you know brief moment when you meet people and stuff. Because same, like, thinking about, you know, and what you're just talking about, I've just, I kind of find you, like, enlivening and, you know, kind of, I can see how you, your energy inspires people and brings people and you're wanting to kind of motivate things in life and kind of get things moving and get things happening. So, I mean, all that sort of stuff that I couldn't put into words specifically, like, must have kind of came to me and I'm like, oh, yeah, he's my kind of guy. Do you know what I mean? And it's, Mate, yeah. I, I agree. I think it's it's almost like um, it's almost like there's a smell. Or there's a, like, you just you hear someone say something, but it, it seems to amplify louder than all the other noise around you. Um, yeah. I think for yourself, it was your comfort. It was your confidence, but how relaxed you were. A lot of people when they meet, they're full of like they've got to be the loudest in the room. Whereas I think you just sat down. And I think you said hello to about four different people. Um, and for yourself, mate, you're always a really good listener as well in terms of like not just you're listening, but you're actively listening. There's experience. And I, I think I think, it, I think it brings it out of the both of people. I think if two people are comfortable straight away, um, I, think, I, think the most, I think the most honest you ever are is when you speak to strangers. But mm. I think in two days, mate, we'd, we'd, we'd conversed about everything from, from our past to future goals to current reading, um, I remember I kept saying to you, I was like, mate, I'm reading this book and this chapter is literally like, you're the guy. I was like... Uh, it's funny, isn't it? It's funny. Um, and when we, when we met, um, you know, like what I was saying, it's my experience meeting you, when we both met uh, Anna. Do you remember Anna? Oh, yeah. The surfer with amazing tattoos. Like, I think we were both similar towards her as we were of each other in that sense of like, we were talking. There was just like this three-way kind of like yeah just this maybe it's exactly that stranger thing where all these like truths and kind of interesting things we were chatting about you know it was just a real interesting conversation we had and that again that was only like a couple of hours wasn't it and then I think yeah, we all bumped into each other like you know maybe walking around Chargau in a couple of days but specifically at that cafe I wonder, I've always thought about this. I remember when I came back and I knew I was coming back to the UK. I hadn't been back in a long time. And I was like, I don't want to lose that inquisitive nature, that smile. Because I remember everyone was like, oh, no one smiles in the UK. And I was like, well, that's rubbish. I was like, I, I, I want to see what happens when you genuinely just smile and say hello to someone. And I've noticed that, especially during lockdown, um, older couples or some people who are a bit scared of like being close to someone, even though you're walking two metres apart, they're constantly tensed up. They're grimacing, and it's it's amazing that self assurance when you just say hello, you smile, or you nod, and you see their whole body relax, and and 
yeah, it's, it's something I don't want to lose. Because like you say, I think I, we saw her tattooed, walked in on a motorbike, but just had some sort of energy. She was relaxed but confident and then just said hello, came over and chatted. And I was like, when would we do that normally? When would you just say, hello, your tattoos are amazing. Where did you get these from? Yeah. Like, there was no agenda. It was just curiosity. Always, there's always been some people where, for some reason, you can be a bit like, you know, intimidated to approach or talk to. Do you know what I mean? Oh. Just all sorts of reasons, isn't it? And I always find sometimes when those, you know, especially if you're just in your everyday life, when those uh, sort of fiends are there, if you manage to sort of like, you know, leap past those, generally they're the people you end up having the most like interesting stuff with. Do you know what I mean? Well, we- Without getting all philosophical, mate, it's like uh, what Jung said. It's like you enter the forest at the darkest part and you'll come out the better side. Like if, if you've got a genuine like nervous or maybe a bit second-guessing yourself to chat to someone, 100%, and I think you've nailed it on the point, like take yourself out of your comfort zone. You never know. That person may just turn around and you may have four or five things in common with them or you may learn something that day and um, – who um, takes two minutes. And like you say, once you've met someone, it's amazing how many times you might re-bump into them again. Um, it may be two weeks' time or it may be eight months down the line when you're dancing at a pool party. So, <laughs> Yeah, I think something that's come up a bit recently was, uh, you know, the phrase when people say, no, I'm not judgmental. I'm not judgmental. And I sort of think to myself, like, what does that really mean? Because I feel like we all judge, like, all the time, all day long. You know, I think sometimes maybe when people say the phrase, oh, I'm not judgmental, it's, it's purely in like a, a sort of positive or negative, like oh, I'm not being negative about that said person or whatever. Whereas in essence, we're judging people all the time. Like I feel like it's, ne- it's a necessity to have labels or some kind of judgments on people and things because that's how we know how to appreciate or place things, where things sit in the world, just how we understand our basic understanding of anything are made from like probably a million judgments all happen very, very quickly. Do you mean that are based on our beliefs and values and all that? Well, like like you say, it's past experience, isn't it? And um, like sometimes you might see someone and there's like an instant barrier that might come up in your head and you're like, and maybe they remind you of something else or maybe they've got they're from an area that something happened to you um and and that you've got you've then got a decision it's like oh do i say hello or do i not um and sometimes it's a good thing you know you might have picked up a custom that you know in the philippines and maybe you come across a filipino person and you're like right you know what to say to them um there's a there's a picture of tom curry in the rugby world cup and he's trying to shake shake hands with one of the ladies and apparently yeah not customs and it was it was hilarious because we realized halfway and was like there's my hand and now he's he goes <laughs> um it's, yeah. it's funny how you know different things because they say about the money as well you know like thing you know you drop a, a note of money and the wind's about to blow it away and you kind of stop it with your foot they say like in Thailand and I think uh, also in uh, across Indonesia, like, you know, putting your foot on the king. king is like, you know, really bad thing to do. You know, really disrespectful and can get you like in a bit of trouble. Do you know what I mean? But it's yeah. quite a, it'd be quite a sort of reactionary thing. You could just be like, oh, I was trying to grab it with your foot. I could imagine. But that really stuck in me. Like, where, and it did happen. I did drop money. You know what I mean? Yeah, but it's those sort of differences, yeah, customs, and that it just makes everything way more interesting. To be honest with you, do you know what I like? I like when you shed that. um, And I, I I had it when I first went traveling, and I I realize it now. And you think you know absolutely everything, and you and there's not a bias, but I I realize there's an entitlement when you're uh, when you're quite young. Like, everyone's always just said yes to you. So suddenly, like, what, you, even standing in the queue somewhere, you think, oh, why am I not being served first? And it's it's an unbelievable experience when you start realising the world is a rather big place. Is that, is that your experience? Everyone said yes to you. Yeah, I think so. Like, I, 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 the first time I came, I, I, came, I came back, I started to realise it. And the second time, I was a bit more 
aware of it that I was definitely like the 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 uh, not entitled, but I'd say pretty entitled, like Essex boy who just thought I'm from a small village, so I thought uh, I, I knew it all, and it was very good to uh, suddenly realise very quickly that you're from a small pond. You need to learn very quickly. And um, I think it was best, mate, because all, all of the people I've always hung around with from that from a young age has always been older. Yeah. So the people that I always thought I knew. But one thing I was glad about when I went, I always still searched out for I, – I, I didn't intentionally search out, but I always seemed to search out to people that knew, knew more about the world than me. And from there, um, even having a lot of friends who didn't speak English as their first language – just had an appreciation to how much other people have learned and also how to explain things and how to relate. And again, sometimes how to just sit and listen. Um, I did a road trip when I was 22 with a French guy, a Swedish girl and a German guy. And we've kept in touch now. And it's that was in 2015. It's now 2020. And mate, I've never learned so much on, on one trip. Like, just to sit there and be like in awe of these guys. They were amazing. Yeah. Adam, Adam, mate, it's been great talking to you. Uh, I really, yeah, I just love reminiscing. I, honestly, I can't get enough of thinking and talking about, you know, Southeast Asia and just experiences and stuff. And it, it's still quite a small, you know, portion of my life but it's made such a massive like impact yeah. so yeah it's been good to talk to you mate uh i'll catch up with you soon no mate it's been, it's been awesome and um i always seem to leave our chats a bit a bit more excited and i'm sure our sky scanner might be the next up on my tab in a minute so um... <laughs> i know i've sort of been looking on the old mamondo and just checking prices and see if there's any like you know good deals to be had what's your um so how can people get in touch with you, uh, like Instagram or website? Uh, so it's Adam at, um, just Adam Kofit on Instagram, uh, best way. Um, sort of content they're going to get is a bit of uh, some fitness ideas on there, some mindset ideas, and sometimes just a bit of fun way to exercise. So not just let's lift a barbell and eat some chicken and broccoli. Um, it's just finding ways to move, whether it's outside in the woods, whether it's up a hill, or if it's a workout that's going to leave you up and wondering why what steps in the gym. But yeah, Adam at KFIT, really simple. There'll be a picture of a rather hairy man and a rather large collection of uh, budget numbers. <laughs> yeah, of course. I can't, actually can't believe when it's gone the whole like uh, chat without even mentioning them. But they'll see, uh, they'll go onto your Instagram, at Adam KFIT, you'll definitely see those. Mate, good to talk to you. Mate, awesome. Let's we'll catch up soon. Cheers, mate. Bye.